Hello and welcome to Behind the Fender podcast by the Short Map Plans Tour. My name is Mitchell Young and one of the newly appointed SMPT directors taking a look at the season so far. If you have not heard of the Short Map Players Tour, we are a Short Map Bowls company who organise and run Short Map Bowls events across the UK and Europe to promote the game of Short Map Bowls. All our events are open to anyone to play in and for more information head over to our website shortmapplayerstour.com Hello everyone and welcome to the second episode of Behind the Fender podcast with uh, me, Mitchell Young, and um, introduce Craig and Simon. Hello both, how are you doing? All good, Mitchell, all good, yep, thank you. Guys, how are you doing? Everything okay? And just for those that haven't heard our first episode, you can catch it on all of the main podcast applications, Apple, Spotify, our YouTube page, and there'll be a link also from our Facebook page and website. There's been a lot happening since the last time we met. There's been quite a few events, so a lot for us to talk about. We'll crack straight on. So, Bowls is Bowls World Fours and Pairs in November. It was great to have the Fours and Pairs back. A lot of our players that play in that event do say how great that is, and it was another very long day in the Fours for us yeah. all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a good event, wasn't it? We had um, good entries in both the Fours and the Pairs. Um, it is an event we all love, and of course it gives us the chance to play one of our events. Previously, we've not done so. Obviously, we have been playing the singles this year, but uh, yeah, another brilliant weekend, and good to see the four that won a scratch four, but um, never played with each other before, but they played really well, um, obviously won the final on the tiebreak. I can speak from first-hand experience. They were they, they were a very good four, even because I, I played them in the group and uh, we managed to edge it in the group, but then they, they sort of um, they got through in second and uh, really uh, done the job. I mean, my four, we come up just short in the semi-finals. You, you guys had a good run as well yourself. Yeah, I think it was quarter-finals again for us, Craig, I think. Yeah, we, we lost to, to that four, actually. Uh, he went on to win it. Um, I think there was one in where we were we were looking pretty good. I think the, the actual final score was was, was five four. Um, so it shows you how mm. close the match was. Uh, but we were holding a very good three, and and uh, James Trot played an absolute. You know, he says he was playing for it, but it, I, I think there was definitely an element of luck in, involved in the result that he got. Um, but uh, but no fair play to them. They 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 played well all all day. Um, and it, you know, it's a long day as we as we mentioned. Um, so um, that's some really good fours that, that uh, were put together for that weekend, as there always is. Uh, and, and I should also mention the you know the, the players in the plate as well. Uh, a long day for those guys as well. And um, with Gareth Stanway's um, four coming through to, to to pick up the plate as well. So yeah, some really good teams there, and it's always good the that weekend pairs and fours. And um, it, it, as normally happens, the team that does well in the the fours, it's very hard for them the next day to to be able to have a good run in the pairs, and I think that's what kind of what happened again this time. I think it's very unusual for a for a team that wins the the fours for for two of those to get to the final. It has been done before, but it's very un, it's very hard to do. Yeah, and just to give a congratulations to the winners for those that weren't aware: Errol Marina, Dick Holman, John Lax, and James Trot, um, and then the runners-up: Gary Moore, Pauline Beatty, Cecil. Dylan and Joe Beatty and then yeah the pairs as you say it's a long a long old day if you're in the fours to the last stages um those that do so well just because they're yeah. so tired from the day before mm-hmm. um 
but um yeah a very good um win and victory for steve Stephen bucket and ben pay as well they played really well throughout the day james smith and paul pomeroy didn't they in the final um yeah those guys obviously been playing yep. for england all season so uh and obviously played at the recent world championships but yeah as you say i mean Stephen and ben played very well ben's playing some awesome bowls has always been one of my favorite bowlers anyway mm. i think he's really controlled and uh yeah, great player. So, yeah, deserved winners. 11-5, um, I think it was, final score. But, uh, yeah, they played really well. Very good uh, weekend that a lot of people do do give us good feedback on, just a little bit of variety in and amongst mm. the singles events. I think there's one thing so. just to mention that we did get some yeah. feedback with regards to the knockouts when we come to the, the fours in particular, maybe um, looking to remove the trial ends to to save about an hour over the course of the day which actually i think is a is good feedback for us and i think we'll look to implement that next uh for next season so um you know for those that do get to the latter stages it will just cut around about an hour out of the, the schedule there which um i know we'd like to give everyone trial ends but i think just by the nature of the, you know, the pairs and the fours um we don't necessarily need to have that for singles i think it's, it's a different it's a different ball game really but um but but certainly for the four so that that feedback comes from a few people and again thank you for that feedback and we'll certainly take that on board okay moving on to the british open our return back to york after a a break due to uh covid and that that sprung up some interesting narratives throughout the weekend congratulations to our winner gary mcnab from ireland uh another fantastic performance all weekend back to matty wooden another good um performance getting the bronze medal was just because of the style of play i think opted mm. to go for which is um you know being very aggressive he knocked me out as well because running running theme already we're only eight minutes in for this a lot of losses on the record here you've got to become a yeah, better bowler <laughs> <laughs> but i got first hand experience of how frustrated it is when he just absolutely nails it in first bowl and you can't do a lot about it a spectator's perspective i thought it was a very mm. fascinating watch tactically yeah. From both both sides. If Gary was worried. I mean, Gary won't worry totally me saying. If Gary style. was worried before that game, um, yeah, it was the first time I've seen that kind. You know, just just questioning a few things and and asking a few questions. And I think there was even a query about the mat that was being used um, about you know someone played in it before and then that type of stuff. And you know, you know, you know, you've got a little bit of a concern when when a player starts asking those sorts of questions. So. I think Matty's approach definitely had a few people um, thinking uh, differently. And of course, in, in, in Ireland, under the IIBA rules, you, you can't do what Matty was doing um, now. So it's it's almost like it's, um, I wouldn't say it's alien to, to uh, players from Ireland, but it's it doesn't help them when it comes to that because they're not used to having that or have the ability to, to do that um, back home anymore. So um, yeah, I definitely think um, Matty had a, a good approach and, uh, and you know a different way of trying to tackle that. And, and again, not just taking a jack in the ditch with the first bowl, but his his follow up bowls after that to the line were uh, fantastic. So you've got to back that up. You can't just you know take a jack in the ditch and get it. You know he's getting it clean, you know quite a few times. But when you don't get it clean, you still need to be able to back that up with with drawing to the line or taking bowls out that the, your opponent gets close to the line. So. No, very good performance from from uh, Matty, um, but I think uh, you know Gary just showed real real determination and real class there. And he was saying he was really 
targeting the British Open um, for, for winning. Obviously, he'd, he'd won that previously, um, that event. So he's, he's familiar with the venue and, and the setup there. So um, and it put him at number one in the rankings for a for a period of time. And obviously, we'll come on to to, uh, to Mark's um, achievement uh, as well. But uh, no, really good performances all, all round, really. And, and again, a lot of new bowlers there uh, that weekend. It was always good to see. Um, some new faces because I think the Northern Championships were taking place the following weekend, so some players wanted to to see what the venue was all about. But um, I remember speaking to to one chap who um, uh, listened to a podcast that I had done with um, the uh, outdoor bowlers a couple of years ago, and, and took up short mat following that podcast, knowing about short mat. And again, it's always good to get that feedback. So uh, you know, people are listening to these podcasts. Hopefully you're listening to these podcasts. Um, and, and we're, you know, we're talking, hmm. not just talking rubbish, but talking stuff that you're interested in. Definitely. And a special mention on the other half of the draw at that British Open to James John Davis from Wales, who had, a, who had an excellent uh, weekend. The, well, uh, the Welsh World 4 from the year before that uh, I played against in Belgium and he's played very well there yeah. as well. So a player playing really well as well. Yeah, he's um, yeah, just a great player. He played in the UK Open at the beginning of the season, uh, made it to the Cup and then obviously this good run in the British Open. He did play some really good stuff actually and, and you know, did hang with Gary for a fair bit in that final. Um, so, yeah, should be very proud of how he played. He did really well. Okay, and then moving on to the English Masters back at Falcon. And uh, Mark Beatty, as Craig said, um, overtook Gary McNabb, who was not at that event. Also takes his sixth SMP t-, t title. I mean, to win one's an achievement, let alone six. Yeah. <laughs> Just a class player, class bloke. Just so consistent, and that's what you need, obviously, at this level to win the tournaments like that that you do and um you know you know you're always up against it when you're going to play mark um and i mean even his victory in the final against lawrence lawrence had i mean he was playing awesome stuff and especially on that sunday um and they did have a good final but uh yeah mr consistency mark and rightly so back at world number one now um Obviously, we'll be heading to the World Cup in August um, as part of the Irish team. But yeah, another brilliant performance um, over that weekend. And I think we've got to mention going into that, uh, going into that final, one of the ends that was, you know, through you, Craig, on commentary was, mm. I was marking it. I, I only got a bad back. There were so mm. many touches going on. It was just um, unbelievable. There was, there was like five touches. Jack was going left, right, back again. Thought Mark had the end wrapped up when he took the jacket of the ditch to make two. Then Lawrence comes and puts his toucher in as well, nearly takes the shot with that one. I mean, it was it, it was an end that was um, full of excitement, wasn't it? Yeah, and this is this is you know definitely one of the best ends of bowls I think I I've seen from that because just so many good bowls played. Obviously, the amount of touches that were sort of involved in in that as well, uh, and both players obviously contributing to to to, to make that end. Um, very memorable but uh, yeah I mean uh, it was an amazing and for those that haven't seen it have a look at our um, uh, our videos um, uh, and just watch it back it, it is pretty I think it was six touches in the end um, if I remember right, five or six touches but it was yeah it was a crazy end from that perspective um, 
really, really good. Good standard all the way through. And I, I remember seeing a shot that Mark played. He was playing Nathan here, and I think it's quarter final. And uh, he was two down. And I, I didn't see a shot for Mark to be able to get the shot. Not only did Mark get the shot, he managed to take both of Nathan's bowls out and sit for, it was either three or four. So, you know, that day he was playing some super stuff and as Simon said, you know, that's that's Lawrence's second consecutive final in, in the English Masters and I think he's come up against um, Alex, Alex Clay, who we'll probably talk about later on, but also um, uh, Mark in just an unbelievable form. But, but to get to any final at our events, I think it, you know, it really does take some, and again, just to mention Lawrence, to get to back-to-back finals at some effort as well. But so yeah, fully congratulations to Mark on not only winning his, his sixth title, but, but being back at the summit again of the, of the rankings, which... Um, yeah. yeah, and also I mentioned to our bronze medalist, Ben Holbrook, he's been playing quite regularly on the tour now as well, yeah. and putting it, getting to latter stages and deep into tournaments as well, and a, and a good bronze medal win for mm-hmm. him as well in yeah. that one and of course the other bronze medalist so dom reed who hasn't played for yeah. a long time came back and uh um but I, I think did he come in as a reserve Craig, he did yeah he event? messaged uh, we yeah, had a few so... pullouts before just before the event and and dom messaged that you know have you got any any spots and be be kind with the with the group that he gets put into but um no you know class player dom and, and just I think he was saying that his drawing was fine. He struggled the first day when it comes to having to play any weighted shots, but I think he soon got into the rhythm um, of that. And from what I could see throughout the, the Sunday when we got to the, the latter stages, he was he was putting some really good bowls up. Um, uh, another one to mention: Steve Proctor had a good run, um, probably his best yeah. run for a while. And, and he, you know, he probably had well, he definitely had the the the, the game against Mark. I think he 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 almost knocked Mark out. Um, at that quarter-final yeah. stage, and um, Mark, even by his own, you know, probably would admit this. I think the last bowl, it was looking like it was um, uh, Procky who was going to be going through. Mark let go mm-hmm. uh, of the of the bowl, and he was tight, um, but he managed to flick his own bowl up in um, and, and win the game. So um, you know, it, you do need a little bit of luck as well. Um, but uh, I think from there, you know, Mark was just you know class after that. Um, but had a really, you know, battle to come through that game against Steve Proctor. So, yeah, some really good performances um, at the English Masters from a lot, a lot of players. And, yeah, congratulations to everyone who, who took, home, uh, took home a medal. And just as you say, yeah, I'm sure Dom was definitely chuffed. I'm sure he wasn't chuffed with... He was certainly he aching. He was aching the next day, day, the next couple of days. <laughs> but uh, I think that's just... I, I've noticed that having come back and played this year that you you kind of get yourself match fit again, if you see what I mean. So if you haven't done it for a while, you, you certainly, um, it, it does take its toll on you. Okay, and let's hear from the man himself, Mark Beatty, current SMPT world number one, and after his English Masters win. I'm joined by English Masters 2023 champion, Mark Beatty. Mark, congratulations. This is your sixth SMPT title. How does it feel? Uh, hey Mitchell, uh, yeah, sixth one. Um, oh, it feels brilliant. Um, it's great to to win one again. Um, the last one I got was pre-COVID um, in twenty twenty, I think it was. Uh, so yeah, uh, great been great been back up there winning one. And also it puts you now to 
the current world number one in the SMPT rankings. Was that was that on your mind at all, knowing some of the um, people that weren't there, or gave it giving you the opportunity to make ground on them, even for on Joe, Beatty, and Gary McNabb? Um, yeah, well, I knew that Gary and Joe uh, wouldn't be there. Um, they were playing in the in the zone. Uh, the zone team event back back in, in Ireland. Um, it 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 didn't really play much on my mind. Um, I I just sort of go with the weekend, see how it goes. Um, it's sort of more like, you know, I'm just going to see how far I can get here, and then you know if I do well, then okay, I'll get I'll get it back type thing. Yeah, and that's put you right in the mix as well for the. Order of merit this season is now pretty tight between you and you're in third at the moment with Pauline and and Joe. So it makes it all to play for going into April. Yes, uh, that it literally just put me right back in the mix. Um, I was trailing for for a long time, so uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's quite it's going to be quite entertaining. Yes, uh, the World Masters. Uh, yeah, because there's several of us that can can finish on top. And let's, let's look at your uh, route through in the English Masters. I mean, the game of note that I caught um, quite a bit of was your quarterfinal when you played Stephen Proctor. Now, watching that as a spectator, I found that, I don't know what it was like for you, I'm sure you'll tell us your view, but I found it a very tactical sort of encounter. You were sort of like a game of chess between the two of you. And then, um, yeah, just managed to nab it there in the end. Yeah, uh, so Steve, Steve was trying a, a running game against me, um, and he was he was always close, but he just wasn't nailing it. Um, and any time he did nail it, he was not staying with the jack. Um, I I had thought about going short, but the fact that he wasn't getting it sweet and. I was getting good weight for long jack or even drawn to the line. I was happy to do to do that. So it was pretty much nip and tuck the whole way. Um it was a good close game. Um it finished with I was lying one for the tied game and I was just trying to break off Steve's bowl to get a, uh the second shot. Um I knew that I had I couldn't be too wide, otherwise I might turn him in. So it turned out that I was just under the line for what I was going for, but I was then fortunate enough to catch my ball in front and turn it up for for the second shot that I needed. Yeah, I mean I mean I looked at you when you played the last ball, you said to turn you back quite early. Did you think it was did you still think you were in the area for a chance or I knew that it was tight for the shot that I was looking to get. Um, so that's sort of why I turned and grabbed my, my cloth. Um, but yeah, um, I knew I wasn't giving it away. Uh, so, but yeah, um, that wee bit of fortune just was with me. Yeah, and then getting on into the final where you played Lawrence, I mean, there were one of those ends was certainly on the stream said to be one of the best ends I'd seen where there was so many touches and the, the end kept uh, chopping and churning between who was going to win the end. Just talk us through your account of that, that exciting end. Um, yeah, well, it was a great end. Um, I think the jack was nudged out to the to the left 
you know, as we would be looking at it. Um, and I had sort of been quite confident of my attacking play. So anything that was there, I had always decided that, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for these things. Um, and there were, there were several touchers in the ditch. And I remember I got it in with my last bowl. I was lying beside it and had I was lying too. And then Lawrence came up with his last bowl and played an absolute cracker and put it right in and was just very unfortunate <laughs> not to get shot. It was it was one of those ends that it was just tit for tat. The shot was, you know, changing hands nearly every bowl. Uh, yeah, it was a really great end. But he seemed to just sort of manage to control that final. So, like, you know, even even in that end that you had, you, had, you were holding a comfortable free. And obviously, Lawrence played a really good bowl, but it just didn't quite manage to get shot out of that. Just sort of seemed to be able to control that final the way that you wanted sort of it, it to go, if you like. Yeah, um, I think, you know, I was, I was, I was playing pretty well. Uh, my first bowl was always, you know, pretty decent. It was either on the jack or just, you know, slightly behind. It was always good in a good position. And a couple of times Lawrence then left me a chance. And as I say, you know, I was quite happy to attack if necessary if anything was left for me and uh, there was uh, two maybe three times that he left those for me and I, and I put the jack in clean so yeah uh, just one of those games that everything was was going well for me and as you say then you now move into the world masters coming up which you previously won back in 2015 so you know is that it's another event that's won at well, for me, I think it's one of the toughest um, singles events to play in and um, to win, even. So, how is it? How how are you feeling going into that one? Um, I'm I'm the same as you. I think it's one of the best events. Uh, you have sort of the the preliminary event to it on the Friday, which which is good. It's a bit of fun, the pairs, uh, and then the World Masters itself always had the the biggest entry and. You know, there's a lot of great players that play in it. Um, I, 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 it's one of my favourites now. I got to say, uh, I think I have a good, I have a good record or good, you know, one percentage and all in that one. Um, or compared to the Irish Open, where I never seem to <laughs> seem to do well for some reason. Uh, but no, it's it's a great uh, way to finish the season with with the World Masters. And also, what 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 would you say is your um, best SMPT title you've won out of out of the six. Oh, it has to be the the World Masters. I mean, to one to one it on home soil um, is is the one that I I like the best. You know, you, you'll get a lot of good Irish bowlers that don't travel, but will play in in, in those events. What What do you think the key is to win an SMPT event, in your opinion? Because you've won quite a few now. Well, I, I always enjoy the Saturdays. Um, I, you know, you're in a you're in a group, so you, you can afford to lose one game. Um, it's more relaxing on the Saturday. The Sunday is is the hard day. Um, you could play your first knockout game at nine o'clock in the morning. Then you could be sitting until two o'clock, maybe even three o'clock sometimes. Um, so it's trying to remain focused and active. I think. Uh, Take those trial ends on the first knockout game, uh, and and take it from there. Because I 
I always find the first knockout game the trickiest. Um, if you can get by it, maybe get, you know, get a run built. Um, I think it's just because you're, you're, as I say, sitting around for so long and then trying to get back into action and get focused and get back into the rhythm, you know, and get the concentration going. And what do you enjoy most about SMPT events? Oh, I really enjoy the whole weekend. As I say, every aspect of it from the Saturday, you know, the group games are a bit more lighthearted. Uh, it's great meeting the people, the social aspect of it. Uh, afterwards, chatting to all the different bowlers. Uh, the Sunday is, is the hard day. Um, that's where you need to focus uh, and concentrate uh, and maybe get a wee break and get a run going. And what's your favourite event? If you had to pick one, Mark, because I know Ooh. it's all of them. <laughs> Which one would you say is your favourite and why? I've got to say, no, I really like them all. Um, it'd be hard to call probably between uh, the World Masters and the Norwegian Open. Um, I really love going to Norway um, and their their venue and their hospitality is great. I really love the the, the pace of their match. They're, they're really fast. Um, and then the World Masters at home in Shaw's Bridge. I think Shaw's Bridge is a great venue, um, especially the bottom tier where all the mats are. Um, yeah, so it would be really hard to choose between those two, I think. Brilliant. Thanks a lot, Mark, for your time, and uh, good luck to you in the rest of the season and at the World Masters. Thanks very much, Mitchell. Yeah, thank you. Just looking ahead to the new diary, our new diary for next season of 2023-24 is out and available on our website. The first event already is um, sold out, but you can certainly contact us and get on the reserves list. I think we've got a few for that, Craig, already as well. So that's good positive stuff. Yeah, the UK Open is always a popular event to start the season. We've got the World Cup on the Friday. Uh, and again, a lot of people like to come up and, and watch the latter stages of that. And uh, yeah, and uh, and then obviously the the UK Open singles on the Saturday and Sunday of that bank holiday weekend. So yeah, really good. And again, thanks everyone for the support. And uh, we we sold out uh, within the hour um, for that event. So uh, and as Mitchell said, the new diary is, is out, and the first of every month a new event goes live. So um, yeah, uh, looking forward already to to next season. We're not we're not finished this season yet, but it's always good to uh, to know we've got. Uh, those events are looking good again for next season. And do keep your eyes peeled on all of our social media platforms for all of those details of when they'll be coming out and we'll be keeping you up to date and reminders of those events and when they open so that you can be ready to go as our events do set up very, very quickly. So moving on, and I thought we'd um, sort of segue to a few different things. I, w- I wonder what uh, for both of you in bowls, do you think is the hardest shot to play and why? So we'll start with you, Simon. Mm. Yeah, interesting one, that. I think, for me, you can look at various different shots. Some are easier and harder on, depending on the type of mat you're playing. But for me, really, I think the hardest shot to play is what you usually class as an easy shot, but when it's right under pressure. So, you know, even just just drawing a length to to the jack. I've seen it in the World Cup um, in many other events. Just the pressure makes it really hard to play. Um, 
yeah, you know, the reverse bias shots, playing conversion shots, there are lots that you can say are difficult to play, but some find them easier than others. But yeah, for me, it, it is. I think just anything that was usually an easily an easy easily made shot, but one that's under pressure, that um, I think that makes it that makes makes it really hard to play. So yeah, that would be what I would say for that. Anything on the backhand, really. Um... <laughs> no, I think um, I think uh, having to play to play weight on the backhand is um, has always been the shot that most people tend to struggle more with. Forehand, naturally, you're, you're able to to get your arm out a bit more. So, you know, you see many weird and wonderful ways that people try and play um, weight on the backhand. But I think, as Simon says, it's those. It's almost those gimmies that you you if you're in practice, you know, nine times out of ten, you, yeah. or ten times out of ten, you you get it. But when you when it comes to the match conditions and you've got you know a foot to draw in, or, or sometimes even more, they're the ones you need to take in matches. Um, and um, yeah, a lot of players, you know, under the pressure, and you know, you look at <clears throat> not saying they're easy shots, but especially the pressure's on. But you look at some of the you know, look at the the, the World uh, Council Championships, uh, some of the finals there. Obviously, you know, Josh would probably back himself 90 times, 99 times out of 100 to draw that last bowl there. But the pressure he's under to win a world title, um, it, yeah. it's a different, it's just a different pressure that you're under. So, yeah, the pressure is definitely um, something you can't replicate in, in practice. But I think if you can just keep... Um, in your practice, just keep, you know, doing those. I always used to be, you know, years ago, used to go and just practice one shot until I got it kind of nine or, t you know, nine times out of 10 or 10 times out of 10. So I was happy with that and then move on to another shot and keep doing that. So it's, yeah, it's just repetition and practice really. But um, yeah, technically the hardest shot that a lot of people struggle with is, is probably the, you know, a lot of weight on the backhand and, and tight to the block. I think if anyone wants to laugh, they can just ask Craig to show him an example. Of Absolutely. I've got then. plenty of examples, yeah. yeah. That's why he's got to use bendy bowls. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I, I both agree with you, both, both of what you said. I, I would say the other one for me, what I think is the another one of the hardest shots is to put, play that between two foot to a yard weight where you're sort of punching a bowl out or rolling a bowl away without crashing <laughs> yeah, the head yeah. open. I think that's one of, like... You know, because the amount of people you see just play extra weight and it opens the old head up and it doesn't actually give them good good position going forward in the end. But to play that top you're just rolling mm. the bowl out, even killing it, but not with like cannoning it through, but just playing that sort of two foot, between two foot and a yard. Yeah. We just roll the bowl out clean and stay in. Getting better weight control is is probably putting, another thing as well. Where just that, yeah, as you say, that just that being able to play that a couple of foot to, to a yard, it, it is a difficult shot. But yeah, weight control is so important at the top level. Um, yeah. You know, uh, some players it's just full on drive or draw. That's all they've got. But you, to be able to play those shots in between weight, definitely. Okay, so moving on, and before we get on to our uh, next event, World Masters, we do want to or um, touch on a recent world championships that happened in Aberdeen and congratulations to Alex Clay who is the world singles champion to go along with his fantastic season he's had mm -hmm. so far with qualify winning the qualifying singles event in England to qualify the national singles prior to that British Isles 
uh, in uh, November and and then following it up with a world title. I mean, that is that is some achievement. Yep, agreed. He's playing really well, and uh, I did watch that final. Really good game, actually. Obviously, went to an extra end, and even that was a measure. Um, yeah, I mean, Mikey John's a really class player as well. Um, good to see a good final between the two of them. But yeah, Alex been been playing really well. We saw it in in our English Masters a couple of years ago, where he had that great game against Lawrence in the final, and you know, really playing well. Won our World Pairs Masters with uh, Thomas Paris. So yeah, he's really matured into a great player, and um, I think he'll do uh, really well moving forward. Yeah, I, th- I think you know you look back on on achievements that someone's done in in the space of a, a short period of time, to win the amount of singles competitions uh, in in the space of twelve months is is quite incredible. Um, I don't think many players have done that, uh, particularly in England. They they certainly haven't haven't done that. So it's it's a fantastic achievement. And um, I said to him before the the World Championships, he's he's got you know the opportunity to do something really special this season, and he's gone on and done that. And I think if he goes on and um, and wins the World Masters uh, next month, then I think it's probably one of the greatest achievements that anyone's ever done in in you know in bowls in in that period of time um, to win those um, prestigious championships and and the players he's had to beat. Uh, along the way to to do that, so but no full credit to him. But also, you know, mention the um, the other players that that done well at the World Championships as well. The, uh, the guys from from Wales back to back world pairs um, titles. Um, uh, Jonathan Gladstone and uh, uh, Andrew Hudson. That's a that's a you know big achievement to to do that. Um, obviously, the the the, the guys from from uh, Wales. Um, I don't know the girl, but but obviously Jamie and, and, and uh, Andrew. Yeah, um, Leanne is. A, I'm not sure if that's how you say her name. Apologies if it's wrong, but yeah, she's done um, really well to carry those two in the in the in the she, triples. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially Andrew Jones. I mean, God. But yeah, that I mean, absolutely brilliant to see that is, and um, she must be chuffed to bits winning that. And as I say, the Welsh guys there did really well. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and, and John, see mighty and John, the yeah, John, yeah. John's four winning the winning the the, the fours title. So, yeah, congrats to all those who, who did well up in in, in Aberdeen. And um, yeah, it's uh, so I think Alex certainly, you know, that that is some achievement, and uh, he's not finished yet, I don't think. So um, yeah, um, what I will say, it's uh, it, again just just good to see. Um, all the comments that you see on Facebook, all the, the you know players congratulating each other, and and I think you know years back it used to be um, very much sticking to your own countries, but I think now there is just you know, general good feeling amongst all the players, you know, from different countries. It was great to see the embrace between um, Mikey and and, uh, uh, and Alex at the end there, and obviously you know getting really well off off the mat as well, uh, and it's always good to see. Um, uh, you know, even even in Alex's finest moment, there he he you know was consoling his his opponent as well. So, no, really good sportsmanship as well. Yeah, and also just to mention before we um, carry on is uh, another well done to Norway reaching yeah. their first semi final in the triples with Gunnar yeah. um, Fransson and his team in that triple played fantastic. They won all their group games, I think. Yeah, I believe. Did, yeah, yeah, winning the yeah. group. Yeah. 
So fantastic to see them continuing to um, improve in Norway. And I think them playing on the tour also helps them improve their game a lot um, with the regular, you know, singles, high level events that they play in. Um, really does, uh, as is shown from from that weekend, really, their progress. Yeah, I mean, Ferdinand so obviously skipped that triple um, and he's really come on. Over the last few years, he's going to be a top bowler moving forward. So, yeah, very good from, from the triple there. And as we say, moving into our World Masters next month, uh, return to Belfast for uh, the pairs on the on the Friday. Um, that's a good one. I've got a lot of um, feedback, and that was from Mark. He said in the interview he enjoys the uh, pairs just to have a more, uh, you know, a relaxed uh event to get your arm in going ahead into the weekend but um yeah and then one where a very big field if you've got 216 yeah 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 so back to one of our big bigger fields we have had in our events and as you say it's it's gonna you, you can't you can't pick a winner out of this field right now i don't think because it's so vast and the high quality players are in it but no Alan Paul so maybe a new name on the yeah team. relief relief for the other 200 and, well 15 players that are in the tournament I think just that, that Alan's not in in there I mean his record is, is scary um, at Belfast so um, yeah a 50% almost I think of, of tournament wins which is which is unbelievable but uh, yeah no I think um, Alex's odds will certainly be shortened um, that's for sure uh, for, for that but um, I think everyone will be gunning for him uh, and it was interesting speaking to a few people about um, uh, who they want to play and who they don't want to play in the events it was, you know just a lot of people just look forward to getting a big name in their group which is uh, which is interesting yeah. feedback and I think certainly the World Masters is one where you, you know you're almost guaranteed to be getting um, some good, some really good players in your in your group. So um, yeah, look really looking forward to to that with the pairs on the the Fridays, as you say, to just to get your arm. Yep, and I mean I was um, discussing this as well with Mark um, in his in his interview. I mean I my personal opinion is one one of the toughest um, fields singles fields you'll you'll probably play against in short mat bowls just you know because of a, not only is the field a big field but also the quality of those those players and certainly you know we, like i think we, we talked about in the last one just getting getting out your group into the cup in this tournament is very very difficult in itself an achievement in itself yeah and so of course with it being the last event for those of you who don't know, we run an order of merit um, um, ranking as well. So that's your points you gain over the season, as opposed to the world ranking that runs for 12 events. And yeah, our top three, Pauline BT number one with uh, 556.5 points. And Peter Roberts from England, just half a point behind. And then Mark BT from Ireland, four points behind. So all three of those are... It's so close. I don't think we've ever had such a close order of merit that I can remember. No, no, it's um, it's like any one of those three um could could take it. And uh, it, again, be interesting if when the draw is done, 
how that that pans out. Um, and, you know, you often get get a, a group of death, and it'd be interesting if any of those um, end up in the same group. And and also those gunning for for um, for World Cup spots as well. Um, they're still not yep. quite decided in some of the the, the, the countries teams so there's there's definitely um scope for for movement there but, uh, but yeah no it's um you know it's always a great end to the season i was looking at i think 2012 was the first year or 2013 was the first year that we we did, did the world masters so yeah it's crazy to think it's it, we've been we've been going to belfast now for sort of 10 years or so yeah april 2013 2013 yeah. so 10-year anniversary of of, of uh, our first event in belfast and i think we knew at the time it was groundbreaking when we when we were able to hold the first event there and um mm. it, it sort of opened the door for us to to be able to return um and you know we we always get such good support from from um the players in in uh well not just not just uh northern ireland and and, and ireland but but um from, from all over really um belfast is a great venue um it's a great event i think as you say mitch it's one of the hardest fields in in singles you know just from you know quantity and quality uh, both of those um uh, you know even if you compare it to other tournaments i mean even the world championships there was 19 players in the singles um compared to, to 216 it's a it's a massive difference in in the amount of players um in in that field so um, yeah it's uh it's definitely whoever win comes through that and wins that and if you look back at who's won it over the over the years it's it's like a who's who of uh of, of short map bowls so yeah looking forward to it and and as simon said like our big finale is there's like everyone's got something to play for everyone's got ranking points to play for to try and finish the their singles ranking uh, as high as possible with the order of merit coming to a close the world cup spots to see where you are in the in the world rankings at the end of of this uh you know ranking events for the singles absolutely yeah mm-hmm. can't wait okay and that's a wrap on our second episode i think we, we've covered all ends of the bowl spectrum there, yeah near enough <laughs> a lot to get through we've tonight. Co- yeah we've uh We've covered Budgie's backhand. That's an episode in itself, really. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, all of uh, and all of our events up to date. So we're all we're all up to date now. And uh, yeah, we hope you've enjoyed it. As uh, the guys have said earlier, let us know. You know anything you want to talk about? If you want to come on the podcast, let us know. Get in touch, and we'll be trying to do more regular ones as we do. We'll be doing what like a post season. And then going into the new season as well. So, yeah, I hope you guys have all enjoyed it. Thanks very much for joining us again. And um, yeah, thanks, Mitch. Yeah, Been well, good. Yeah, we'll thanks everybody. And we'll see you again on the next episode of Behind the Fender podcast by the Short Map Players Tour. And don't forget to check out our website, shortmapplayerstour.com. If you have enjoyed the podcast, then please do like, subscribe and share so we can spread the word about the tour and short map bowls. And if you want to follow us for all the latest information, then you can find us on Facebook, Twitter at Short Map Players, Instagram Short Map Players Tour and now on TikTok at Short Map Players Tour. If you're interested in getting a new shirt to play in our events or a hoodie or fleece, then head over to bowlstrader.co.uk and type in SMPT into the product search to view our range for available clothing.